1. Um, If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there, or you can turn in your device uh, to Mark chapter 1. Um, It's uh, in the New Testament, the second gospel, uh, which can be found through this series to be able to look at these scriptures. So you can put up your hand. That's our gift to you uh, to take that Bible with you. Um, We're going to dive into this series. And one thing that you'll notice, um, this series has a rather big title to it. Uh, We've called it The Way We Change the World. Now, I know probably a a lot of you showed up this morning maybe not thinking about world change per se. You just maybe showed up saying, I'm just trying to survive uh, the week. I'm just trying to uh, get through uh, these issues in my life. But here is what we believe, that we are here as Christ followers for nothing less than to change the world through the changed lives that we live because of Jesus Christ. Okay, we want to raise our vision to think about, hey, we're not just here to, to kind of get a little help in our lives, but Jesus has called, Jesus has changed our life in such a way, and then he calls us to go and to change the world. Consider this, 2,000 years ago, Jesus of Nazareth, a poor, simple, homeless son of a carpenter from a small, insignificant town in a remote region of the world, stepped onto the scene, and the world has never been the same since. Now, no matter what you believe about Jesus of Nazareth, we cannot argue the fact that the world has been forever changed by this man, Jesus. Now, many of us here in this church would also say that uh, somewhere about maybe 50, maybe 40, maybe 30, maybe 10, maybe two years ago, that same Jesus stepped into our world and our lives have never been the same. That he stepped into our lives and he has changed us. What we believe is that Jesus, he steps into the brokenness and he brings restoration. He steps into the hurt and he brings healing. He steps into our division and brings reconciliation. He steps into the death and he brings life. And he has so changed our lives, so changed our world, and that he has asked those of us as we are changed by him to go and to change the world that we are part of. So, no, we do not think that this title is too grand or too big. We believe that this is exactly what God has done through Jesus and what he calls us as his followers to do ourselves. Uh, The heart of this series is about understanding the way that we change the world. Uh, And the way that we change the world is through something called discipleship. Now, discipleship is a word that if you haven't been part of the church, maybe you've never heard it before, or or maybe you've been in a church and you've heard this word but don't really know what it means. Uh, Maybe you've been in a church uh, and you say, oh, I know exactly what discipleship is. It's that study, it's that program, it's that class that I went to. And and maybe it was a little bit helpful, but uh, maybe you don't feel that it was actually world-changing for anybody. Uh, Maybe some of you are... Uh, kind of brand new to Jesus and you're not into all this religion or anything. You just uh, have come to know Jesus and you want to know more about him. Uh, Well, we're here at a good place together no matter where you are in that spectrum Uh, because together we're going to discover the way that Jesus changed the world through discipleship and the way that he is calling us to uh, as well. 
This means so much to us, discipleship. In fact, as a church, if we were to look at our mission statement, which states the whole reason that we exist, uh, our mission statement says this, that we exist to meet people where they are and to lead them to be disciples of Jesus Christ who make disciples of Jesus Christ. That is unabashedly, completely what we're about here uh, as a church. And now, uh, there's a couple things I love about that mission statement. Number one is that it goes back to the mission that Jesus gave us. Uh, I also love that phrase in there that says, to meet people where they are. Um, Because I I think it speaks to the heart of God. That that he never said, get your act together and then come uh, to me. No, he said, come to me just as you are. And he has met us where we are, in our brokenness, in our questioning, in our wondering, in our wandering, and he calls us to follow him. And so I love that about that we are here to meet people where you are, that no matter where you show up on a Sunday morning, or no matter where you come into our homes for Discovery Group, that, that we are meeting you where you are. That is, and then we want to lead you to know Jesus, and to know what he has in your life. Um, there's, I, I love that this statement is clear and says what we're about, but what I don't necessarily love about the statement is the fact that for many of us, it may not be inherently defined. Like if we don't know what disciples are, then we read that mess, mission statement and we get kind of a little foggy and a little bit confused. Or if we're a little off track in what it means to make disciples, or if we have our own opinion about that, then uh, it doesn't bring us together in what that means. So we need to define it. We need to clarify it. And, And first and foremost, what I need us to understand is that this is ultimately what we are all about, being disciples who make disciples. Let me give you, give you an illustration to understand this. How many of us watched uh, the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago? Okay, okay we watched the Super Bowl. Okay, um, some of you may not even have been football fans, but you watched the Super Bowl, right? Okay, the Super Bowl is such an event, such an experience that, hey, you show up for the food, you show up for the relationships, you show up for the, the commercials and all this hype that surrounds the Super Bowl, right? It's so, it's so much bigger in our culture than what is at the heart of it, right? Who wins the game? Who wins the championship? The game is played between the lines. Whoever scores more points, more touchdowns, more field goals, more safeties, right, Bronco fans? You know, okay? Ultimately, that is what it's all about. You know who wins the Super Bowl, not by... The commercials are the hype around it, but what happens in the game? Now, when it comes to church life, there's a lot of things that we show up for. There's a lot of things that we uh, get involved in and do, but we can't miss what comes down to actually what the game is about. And it's about being disciples of Jesus who go and make disciples of Jesus, who make more disciples of Jesus. At the end of it, when we keep score, that's what it is about, is how the gospel of Jesus is passed from generation to generation. One more example for uh, us in this college culture here. There's a lot that happens in the college experience, is there not? Okay, there's a lot of things we show up to a college town and we're a part of and we're involved in, but if all that at the end of four or five or six years that you leave this place with is 15 more pounds and a couple friendships, that's not 
what it is all about. Mom and dad aren't going to be super happy if there was not a degree that came out of that time. And for us, what we need to understand is that at the heart of our lives as Christians, what it comes down to is this whole thing about being disciples who make disciples. So if we miss this, if we don't understand this, if we can't uh, define this, then we can't live this, and then we're, we're missing the real game. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through t- 2, Paul says this to uh, a, a young pastor, a young disciple of his named Timothy. And he says, first be strengthened in the grace that comes in Christ Jesus. And then what you have heard from me, pass on to other men and women who will also be able to pass on to other men and women. It's this generational concept of passing on the heart of our faith. Jesus himself said it this, our risen Savior, who had gone to the cross for us and died and then rose again, okay, and he was talking to his disciples, Okay? And he said, as he came to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me by the nature of the fact that I died and rose again, that I'm the Son of God. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I had commanded you, and surely I will be with you always as you go about this work of being disciples who make disciples. Jesus called us to make disciples. And it's the work that we're still about today. It's what our mission is all about. And thankfully, Jesus, in his grace, he didn't just give us a command and say, now you go figure it out. No, even in that command, he tells us very explicitly that we are to go and we're to baptize and we're to, to teach. And, but he goes beyond that too. He has given us his Holy Spirit, empowering us to to do the work. That we're not on our own just trying to figure it out. And beyond that, even, he gives us his example. The whole time he spent with his followers, teaching them, this is how I make disciples, preparing them so they would be able to as well. So in this series, what we're doing is we're going back to looking at Jesus' commands, Jesus' words, Jesus' example of what it means to be his disciples and to make disciples. We're going to be looking at principles that Jesus instilled for us that go beyond any generation and work in any culture. And we're going to be looking at those in this series for the next 10 weeks. um, We're going to have Sunday morning messages. So uh, I hope that you'll be here, but, but I hope that you will uh, listen to each of these messages to understand this. Uh, again, first and foremost, we would love to, to gather together here because we think God is present with his people on a Sunday morning and he wants you here. But if you're not, you can listen online. You can listen on the app. And so hopefully you'll make a commitment to listen to each one of these messages. We're also going to have weekly discovery group studies uh, that take place as our groups gather in their, their homes throughout the week. Now this follows, we're going to talk about how Jesus did discipleship, but Jesus did more than just speak to the crowds when it came to disciple making. He also invited his disciples back to him in the house where they could ask questions, where they could discuss. And so we believe discipleship is more than just 
speaking to the crowd, what we do here on a Sunday morning. You need an opportunity, you need an environment where you can ask your questions, where you can discuss with some others, and that's what our discovery groups are about. So we hope that you will get there um, and be a part of one of those groups. There's a, a wall right on the outside there that you can look, that you can take cards, that you can find out where you can go for a group. We also have a daily reading plan. Uh, really excited about this daily reading plan. It's in your app. You can get it there. You also got a bookmark hopefully on the way in. Now, if you commit to going through this daily reading plan, you will, throughout this series, read through three of the four Gospels. Okay, You will read through the whole Gospel of Luke. You'll read through the whole Gospel of Mark, the whole Gospel of John. Now, some of you have never read through uh, one of the Gospels, let alone three of them. And so this is an incredible opportunity to look and to, to let God speak to you through his word about how Jesus made disciples. We also hope that every person in Discovery will, will pick up this reading plan so that it's kind of like our, our common language um, throughout this series. That we're all on the same page. You may be reading other stuff in the Bible and keep at that, but we'll all be looking at how Jesus led his followers and how he calls us to do the same. Finally, there will be some additional resources that would be good to check out, some special opportunities like, like Easter, like eye care serving our kitty, our, our kitty, our city. You can serve your kitty if you want. Um, so an opportunity to serve our city, which are aspects of our discipleship, and um, or uh, also we're going to have our Haiti mission trip, opportunity for you to be a part of those compassion causes there as well. So lots going on in these next 10 weeks. We have been praying for you specifically. We have been preparing a long time. Many of you um, may recall if you've been here, uh, we were supposed to do this back in the fall, but we felt uh, God uh, redirect us in the fall and say, uh, I want you to, to study my Holy Spirit first. Uh, and we took that as the fact that God really wants to, to, to do something um, during this time, that he wants his spirit to be present here, uh, and he wants us to understand how we live in view of the gospel and how we live in the power of his spirit as we go about making disciples. Two major goals for this series. One, I want to define for us fully uh, what we mean when we say discipleship. So I would hope that anybody who's here would not ever uh, question again what is discipleship because we'll get kind of on the same page, we'll get on the same terminology. Uh, we're going to define this together so we can understand what we're here about and then really go after it as a church. Um, secondly, I want us each to understand because ultimately this is not just kind of some higher level thing. This is a how we experience Jesus more in our lives. We believe that Jesus comes in not just to get us to heaven, but he came to change our lives, to transform the places where we're hurting, the places where we're broken. And so what we need to know as a church is how is it that I take my next steps and experience in the life that Jesus came and died and rose again that I would experience here and now and on into eternity. And so my hope would be that at the end of this, this series that we know the steps uh, that we're supposed to take, that God would speak to us and lead us forward as a church. So what do we want to do today? 
Um, today, really, I, I want to just define for us this term, uh, disciple, um, so we can get uh, kind of on the same footing uh, of what we mean uh, when we say disciple. So I want to define it for us very clearly in words, and then I also want to kind of give us the context of how Jesus defined this as he called disciples to himself. Now, if we look at this word disciple, um, first, it's not a word that we use in everyday language, is it? Probably outside of church, uh, you've never uh, heard or used this word before. In fact, the only place we could find in the world outside of church that uses this is for uh, NFL coaches who uh, call one another disciples of the coach that they were discipled under. So unless you're an NFL coach, uh, you may not have experience with this out there. Uh, This word disciple that we use, our English word, translates a Greek word, methetes. Okay, and just so you know, anytime you hear that word, um, the Greek word says, and that's a point where I'm kind of getting a little bit Bible nerd on you. Uh, I realize that. And, uh, but the point behind it is that um, the New Testament in our Bible was originally written in Greek. And the Greek language is much more complex than our English language. And so there's a lot of different words that we just aren't able to translate. So uh, what we do is we have some people who know Greek and go back and kind of look at what did that word mean. And so I try to give you uh, some of that information from time to time. And you may say, okay, some of you kind of eat that up. Others of you are like, okay, that's just weird. What do I care what the Greek word says? Um, You have my permission. Anytime somebody says uh, the Greek word for that is this, you you can respond to them and say this. Okay, so how do we live that out? Because lots of time we like to know big words, but we don't live them out in our lives. And so it's kind of a comfort zone for us. We know the words, but do we actually live them, okay? So when I say the Greek word for this is this word methetes, what it refers to is a word that can mean student, follower, learner, apprentice, pupil. In the ancient world, one is one who was attached to somebody else, a great teacher, a great rabbi to be able to learn well. In fact, there was a phrase for disciples back in Jesus' time with the Jewish rabbis that said, may you always be covered in the dust of your rabbi, which what that meant was not only would you sit in a classroom with them, but would you follow them so closely along the dusty road that you would be covered in their dust as you're watching how they live, learning from not only what they say, but what they do and how they live. This is the meaning behind that word disciple. In the Bible, in the New Testament, we learn that the religious leaders of that day, the Pharisees, they had disciples. People who studied the Old Testament law of Moses very closely uh, were called disciples. John the Baptist, who came before Jesus, had disciples. And then Jesus, when he came on, he called as well disciples to himself. Jesus, at the age of 30 years old, began his public ministry, and he called disciples to follow after him, to learn from him, not only what he said, but also how he lived it out. So in discovery here, how do we define discipleship? We say it this way. A disciple is a fully devoted follower of Jesus. A disciple is a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Jesus had lots of people following him around. Some of them followed just to get maybe a little bit of healing, 
a little bit of teaching, sometimes because they were curious. Jesus had the crowds that followed him. And then he had disciples, those who stepped out of the crowd and said, I want to follow you in a devoted manner. I think this word devoted is so key because sometimes we think of following Jesus as something that like, we have to do. We have to do these things in kind of this legalistic, religious way. But devotion speaks more than just having to do it. Devotion speaks to the fact that my heart is drawn to this object of my devotion. We have objects of devotion, things that we are devoted to in life, and we know they are those things that we don't just have to do, but they are things that we desire because of our devotion. The reality for those of us who are disciples, devoted followers of Jesus, our hearts have so been drawn to Jesus because of who we've learned that he is. Uh, of who we've learned him to be, uh, the king of kings, who, who we've learned to be has come and, and met us in our sin and brokenness and brought us restoration. And so when we follow after Jesus, it's not like, shoot, I guess I have to do this. It's no, Jesus, the object of my devotion, the one whom I love has so captured my heart that I'm following after him. I think it is shown pretty clearly in our passage for today. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. Just a little, little context here. The, the gospel of Mark gets into things pretty quickly. There's not the whole kind of birth story or any of that. It just starts talking about what Jesus did when he arrived on the scene. And so uh, the gospel of Mark first tells us that he was baptized uh, into public ministry. And then he was tempted uh, by uh, the devil. And then he began his teaching ministry and people began to be drawn to him. And we pick this up. Uh, your heading in your Bible may even say that Jesus calls the first disciples. Verse 16, it says this. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately, Simon and Andrew left their nets and followed him. Going a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately, Jesus called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Now, if you've read this story before, have you ever wondered, why did they just drop the work that they were doing and follow this guy that came up and said, follow me? We need to understand a little bit about these fishermen who were Jewish men and why it was that they had come to that point in their life where they were fishermen. And the reason being that, like every Jewish boy... They would be trained in the scriptures, like their elementary school was memorizing the first five books of the Old Testament. Okay? That, was, that was elementary school for, for your Jewish boy. And uh, then if you did well in that, then you got to go on and memorize the rest of the Old Testament as your graduation. If you did really well at that, then one day a teacher, a rabbi, a master would take notice and say, and this person really knows the things of God. I'm going to call them to be my disciple. See, not just anybody could follow around. You had to be called to be a disciple. So uh, those who added up spiritually, 
those who made the cut, those who had it all together religiously, they were at this stage in their life following after the rabbi. They are being disciples. They are being the next leaders. So the fact that these men who Jesus called were out fishing, it means that somewhere along the line they didn't make the cut. And so because they didn't make the cut, they picked up their father's business, which is certainly admirable and a certainly good physical means. But what it means spiritually is that they didn't add up. They didn't make the cut. And they knew that very well. And they probably saw their other classmates growing up and going off. And so one day when a teacher, a rabbi comes along, who they had seen already doing some miraculous things, and he speaks those words, follow me. There's a whole lot of backstory there. That it goes to the guy say, I didn't make the cut. And now, this Jesus is calling me and inviting me to follow after him. And so there's a huge thing. that When Jesus calls them, when Jesus invites them, it's an invitation, and in the invitation, we, we see the definition of what it means to be a disciple. It's an invitation that Jesus offers, and it begins with this. It begins with those words, follow me. Disciples of Jesus are followers of Jesus. Ones who have heard the invitation, who have heard the call, and no matter where you've been uh, in your past, have heard the words of Jesus, follow me, and you drop what you're doing and follow after him. Disciples of Jesus are not just those who show up in the crowd with curiosity. They're not just those who show up kind of week after week making the religious sacrifices. They are those who when Jesus says, follow me, drop what they're currently doing in life. And follow after Jesus, attaching to him, surrendering their life, recognizing that Jesus has called me to follow him, and I'm following him in a devoted manner. It's those of us who have said, you know what, I used to run from God. I used to run from Jesus. But as I hear his invitation, now I run to him. Sometimes imperfectly, sometimes stumbling and falling over again. But knowing that Jesus continues to call, follow me, come follow me. What that means for us is that among all the options calling out to us, all the voices that are calling us to follow after them, to follow their brand of advice, their brand of counsel, uh, all of those, whether they're family, whether they're friends, whether it's our culture, that in the midst of that, we decide, no, we have made a decision, a fundamental decision of our hearts and of our lives that we are following after Jesus. So no matter what other voices we hear, we are always asking, Jesus, what, what does Jesus say? What would Jesus do, right? As the phrase goes, what would Jesus say? And then we align ourselves, we follow after him, we seek what he would say. So that means that when our financial planner has uh, wisdom and advice for us, before we go to the financial planner, we first go to Jesus. And after we go to Jesus, that when we hear the things that our neighbor would say about how it is that we should raise our children, we look to what Jesus says. Even those times when our own self, our own desires come up, 
and we say, well, this is what I want to do. Ultimately, we say, what would Jesus have me do? And you may be sitting here and you say, like, John, you're talking like, like Jesus is just coming by and, and telling me uh, what to do along the way. If it were that easy, then I would do it. But what I would say is that, yes, we do believe that Jesus still wants to speak to you, that Jesus still is calling to you, that he is alive today, that he is well, that he is risen King of Kings, and that he still calls to those of us who, whether we've made the cut, in the past, or whether we haven't, he still calls to us, and he speaks to us. Well, what does that look like? Because uh, I'll give you that it looks a little bit different than uh, a guy walking up to us uh, while we're at our job Monday morning. Well, it means that we continue to go back to his words that are preserved in the Bible, that have been written in those gospels that we're going to read in our daily reading plan, to hear his words daily knowing that he wants to speak to us. The words of Jesus. Some of you have Bibles that they're in red letters. Those are Jesus' words recorded for us that we might hear from him even today in the midst of our lives. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he said uh, that following him, being blessed and following him, doesn't come from just hearing his words, but putting them into practice. Following him brings a blessed life. He's also given us his Holy Spirit to help us to know his truth, the counselor who will be with us, to lead us into all truth. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit uh, to continue to guide us day after day. We can learn to hear Jesus' voice and to follow after him, knowing that he has better for us than any other voice in culture, even our own voices, because he loves us. And he has a plan and a purpose for us. We also get to hear his voice in the wise counsel around us. Uh, in uh, our community of other Christ followers. Good Christ followers not who have their own agenda or their own desires for you. But will pray for you. And will seek the Lord's will for you. To speak hard truth when necessary. Or to speak love and grace when that is necessary. That we speak the words of Jesus. That is one of the gifts that he's given us in his people. So number one, being a disciple of Jesus means following Jesus. Living lives that are surrendered to him, that go to his words, and then walk in obedience. Jesus says, follow me. And then he says, and I will make you become. Follow me and I will make you become. A disciple is one who is in process. Who is in process. Discipleship didn't end for these guys the moment that they were called where Jesus said, boom, you're all set. You've got it all now. You're following after me. No, it was a process. And if you read through those gospels, you'll read about those process and how many times Jesus had to say, man, I am amazed by your lack of faith. How many times have I told you and you still get it wrong? He even says one time, how long do I have to stay here with you? Because they continually got it wrong. But Jesus never turns them away. He continues to say, follow me and I will make you become. Follow me and I'll make you become. Disciples are in a process of becoming more like Jesus. Of being people who lives are filled with grace. Being people who have the wisdom of God and, and can 
make those decisions. We are in the process of becoming. We're not immediately there. That's one of the things I love, again, about our mission statement, and that's why we keep it right at the forefront there, meeting people where they are. Because Jesus met fishermen on the side of the sea. Jesus met a tax collector named Matthew in the midst of his sin. Jesus met people where they are. He met a a prostitute woman about to be stoned for her business. And he gave her grace. This is who Jesus is, where he doesn't say, get your act together and then come follow me. He he comes to us just as we are and he says, follow me and I will make you become. See, a lot of the other religious leaders, uh, they had this plan where, okay, follow me and you will work and work and work to try to get it right. No, Jesus says, follow me and I will do a work in you to make you become what you cannot be in and of yourself. And this is so, we need to embrace this church. Because so many times when we come to a place on a Sunday morning, we come and we put our best face on. And we come trying to show like we've got it all together. When this definition of being a disciple, it tells us by definition we are all still messed up. We're all in different stages of the process and still continually in need of Jesus' grace and need of Jesus' work within us through his spirit. And so uh, when we show up to a group in midweek and we, it maybe sounds like, again, maybe because we can quote some Greek words or we've read those scriptures before that we have it all together. No, remember this. We in this church are all in the process of becoming. We're not yet there And this side of eternity, we will not be there. So we come together as imperfect people in a process that Jesus is leading us through. And so we can show up here and admit that we're in process. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you become. And the last words that he says are fishers of men. This is a part of our mission statement, right? Meeting people where they are, leading them to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We used to stop there. But then we realize that that is not the full call of Jesus. Jesus calls us to be disciples who make disciples. He commanded his disciples to go and to make disciples. He continued saying that throughout the New Testament. And we see uh, people not just being disciples. The end goal of discipleship is not relationship with Jesus. That's That's the starting point. And then he wants us to grow in such a way in a relationship with him that we go and we share him with others because we're experiencing the life that he has given us. I love, as I'm sure you know that I would, that he speaks the language of these fishermen. That he speaks to them and says, you fishermen, I will make you become fishers of men. He speaks their language. Because what he's saying is you have earthly purpose, and ability. And I'm going to make you become somebody of eternal purpose and abilities. And that's why we keep coming back, as it says in 2 Timothy 2, to to pass these things on to faithful men and women who will pass them on to more faithful men and women while we carry out Jesus' great commission to go and make disciples. Now, why 
why should we want to become fishers of men? We need to understand this, that this isn't just about ourselves getting life from Jesus. I mean, why do we need to do this? Maybe we can just ignore that part of our discipleship. Maybe we can just ignore that part of our mission statement. Why? Is it because we have to meet a, meet a quota in order to get into heaven? Is it because in order to earn our salvation, we need to do this? No. It's because Jesus has so changed our lives. We have so experienced him and are so experiencing him that we can't help but have this flow out of us to those around us, that we are growing to love God and to love others. And because I love Jesus in such a way and I love you as a church or I love you as our neighbors or I love you as my coworker, I, I love people that I must share what I know about God and how he has impacted my life. I mean, we have things in our lives that we can't help but share with others. If you were to ask me how my week went this week, I, I couldn't help but tell you that my family got this new little puppy. <laughs> yes, we got, got a new little puppy. And it, it's been transformational for our family, not all in a good way. But I, I couldn't help but tell you about that because it impacts my everyday life. I'm excited about it sometimes. I'm sleepless sometimes. Because, but it's so impacted my life that I would just have to tell you if I was telling you honestly what my week was like. Now, could it be that the reason that we often share, struggle to share Jesus with others is because we're not experiencing him in a daily, regular way like he has called us to? That it's actually a lack of discipleship in our own lives. I mean, we, we show up to church. We maybe even show up to our weekly group, but are we walking, following Jesus day after day after day? I'm struck by the reality that sometimes we ask this question even in our groups or uh, among uh, other believers, and sometimes it's, it gets worse the longer that we've been part of the church. Um, we ask this question, how have you experienced God this week? Have you experienced Jesus in your life? And sometimes it's just quiet. Because maybe following Jesus isn't the first thing on our mind. We're not experiencing relationship with him like he's called us to. That we've gotten away from following after him. That we've forgotten that moment where he called us and invited us out of whatever it was, out of our muck and our mire, out of our brokenness, out of our wandering, and said, you, I'm going to give you direction in your life. You who is broken, and I see your sin, but I am calling you to come and to have life and new life and life to the full. Uh, to, to you who has experienced so much brokenness against you and in your life, I have restoration, I have healing for you. May we forgot in those moments and we're not walking every day in a relationship with the one who has called us to follow after him. And that's also the reason that it's not just flowing out of us. Because we haven't been people who are devoted followers of Jesus who are making and leading others to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. I'm thankful 
I am thankful that we are in this series. I'm thankful that we are here today and we are talking about it. And I'm so thankful because uh, I don't know if anybody knows this, but this today marks the 14th year that Discovery Church has gathered for worship here in Davis. 14 years ago on this Sunday. Yeah. 14 years ago, um, this Sunday is when we first gathered. And if you're really aware of God's grace and God's faithfulness of what we've experienced over these 14 years, the, the fact that we are here today and that we're still talking about Jesus' command to make disciples, that we're saying this is the whole reason we're here. Okay, Because I'll tell you, over 14 years, there could be a lot of reason that uh, we weren't here anymore. There could be lots of reasons. I'll tell you, I've been leading for, for 10 years here, and there could be lots of reasons over my tenure here where we could be talking about lots of other things than making disciples. But when God called me to lead this church, uh, it came on the heels of reading through uh, the Gospels of Jesus and being struck by the fact that he continually, in all four Gospels, spends the most of it saying, uh, this is who my son is. This is who Jesus is. This is who he is. See who he is. Decide to follow after him. And then at the very end, it says, now go and make more followers of Jesus. And so at the heart of what we do, that's what it's been. But I'll tell you, there's been a lot of times over these years that, that I've gotten distracted towards other things, that there's been a lot of other voices speaking in, saying, hey, can we just have this program or that program? And, and sometimes I, I've wanted to throw up my hands and just kind of say, yes, whatever you'd like. But thankfully, through the counsel of others who have, who have held fast alongside, through the Holy Spirit that has continually brought back and said, you need to be a church who is about raising up disciples of Jesus who will go and make more disciples of Jesus. I'll tell you personally, there have been many times where I've gotten distracted and focused more on who I was leading and focusing on who I was following. And so maybe on this day, you like me want to come back to what it is that Jesus has called us to be as a church they come back and to simply ask, ask these questions. Am I who Jesus has called me to be? A fully devoted follower of Jesus. In the midst of whatever else we're doing, that he would call us to be that. Maybe you've gotten distracted. Maybe you've gotten off track. But you'd come back today and you'd say, I'm committing to being a follower of Jesus. Or maybe you're hearing fresh again, that, that call that not only are we to be disciples of Jesus, but that we are to go and to make more disciples of Jesus. And you want to be a part of that movement, or you want to be a part of this church that's part of that movement, and you want to be a, a disciple maker. And today I would simply ask you at the end of this message to just think about what it is that you're committing to. What it is that going from this Sunday morning to tomorrow's Monday morning is going to change and be any different in your life because of who Jesus is and because of how he's called you. What are you going to commit to? For some of you, it may be kind of, I've still got a lot of questions and I'm, I'm seeking, maybe you'll just commit to coming back next Sunday. Or maybe you're saying, I've got questions and maybe you'll commit to going to a group or picking up that, that reading plan, just saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to see if God will speak to me like the guy on stage says that he might. 
Or maybe it's you're, you're full on ready to commit to say, you know what, my heart has been divided. And now Jesus is calling my heart to be devoted. Or maybe it's that, hey, we need to get down to this work of, of making disciples. And you're ready to join us in that. Whatever it is, let's close our eyes. Jesus, thank you for your grace. Your grace is new this morning. You spoke to those fishermen. I pray that right now you would, you would speak to us. Jesus, we know that you are alive. You are the name above all names. You are the only one worthy of following. You are the only one worthy of all our devotion. Jesus, open our eyes to see you more clearly. Speak to our hearts to know how to respond to you. Jesus, we sit here as people who need a fresh touch for you. We are beaten, we are battered, we are tired, we are weary. We're focused on a lot of other things, and maybe our focus has not been on you. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to see you clearly that you would turn our hearts toward you, to want you, to, to desire you. Jesus, we give you our devotion. We give you our hearts. We give you our, our lives. Jesus, we give you this series, these, these next weeks. God, I pray that you would show up, that you would do something truly transformational in our lives, that you would do something truly transformational in our church, and that your name would be proclaimed to, to all the nations beginning here in this church, in this city, and then lead us to go beyond. Jesus, that your name would be praised, that you would be the one glorified. Jesus, begin with us. Speak to us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.